Well, let's hear from the expert from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. Paul Dennett is on the line. Happy New Year to you, Paul, and good evening. Happy New Year, Bray, Ethan, and everyone. How are you going? Good yourself. It's good. been a busy last couple of days of cricket and heaps of big bash and, of course, a pretty decent Boxing Day test. Yeah, it's a great place to be. Tomorrow in Sydney, there's the uh, the, the um, test match beginning and then the um, the big bash on in the night, which I'll be going to. So, yeah, plenty of cricket around this time of year. And tonight's game um, is really good. Uh, 38,000 at the MCG. Mm. I know it's lower than the 80-odd thousand from a few years ago, but I think we've always got to remind ourselves that back, it wasn't that long ago that a 38,000 crowd for a domestic fixture would have seemed like, um, you know, science fiction. Um, and that... The moment where um, Zampa came into bowl and didn't bowl and then tried to run out um, Rogers at the non-striker's end, that's sort of reverberating around the um, cricket world. I've seen social media light up with it, as you would expect. People love um, love talking about it. I mean, people don't like to call it man-cat anymore because it's disrespectful to, to the player himself, but it certainly gets people talking. Yeah, it sure does. We'll get to that uh, very shortly, but... Of course, we did have the Melbourne Derby tonight. Disappointing from the stars. They've got a, had it so well, so far. They've had a disappointing campaign in BBL 12. But the Gades, they're not far um, or much further ahead of the stars on the ladder. But they could be building something. They aren't as bad as they have been in recent years. Yeah, I thought that they. I mean, obviously, they would have thought that um, 141 was a disappointing total. But I think that they thought at the innings break that they were in with a chance, whereas a lot of the viewers thought they weren't because. The pitch was just difficult enough um, to make scoring, um, you know, not so easy. When when you look at someone like um, Martin Guptill, I don't think he would too often face 27 balls and only score 32 runs. Um, same with Sean Marsh. I know he had um, a bit of a, a leg complaint, but to go along on a strike rate of 91 off 35 balls, I, I think whenever good players like that struggle to score, then there's there's always a possibility. It did feel that they were maybe... 10 or 20 short, but it certainly felt as though they were at least some chance. And then, I mean, the, the bowling spell of Tom Rogers, he was obviously fired up by what what occurred, but um, he, he's got a very handy record in first-class cricket. I, I looked him up again. I've seen him play shield cricket before, but um, his, his record at first-class level is, is, is fantastic. Um, and um, he can certainly bowl, and some of the balls that he bowled were, were pretty much unplayable. And the Renegades did put on a clinic tonight, as you said, with the ball. Rogers and Majeev doing an amazing job, and that, but they also had some support from other bowlers too, so it was a good all-round performance. Uh, yeah, they all bowled well, um, uh, but Majib is, is borderline unplayable, and yeah. um, he's on a hat-trick at one point, and yes, you know, the fact that um, he was um, held back for a, um, a while, that um, you just felt that, that it, it was quite funny how quickly it changed from looking like it was going to be a cakewalk for the Stars to looking like they had absolutely no chance, and yeah, in the end, um, the, the title was, was absolutely um, uh, more than enough for them to win. Yeah, for sure it was. Well, we woke up to some news around the broadcast deal uh, this morning. Uh, we'll start with the BBL part of it because it's being reduced from 61 to 43 games. I think a lot of people were probably pretty happy about this. I know myself and Ethan are. Uh, how do you see the BBL going forward uh, with this? Yeah, I think it's the right move. Uh, I'm sad about it because I was really one of the ones that was very excited when they did make it um, the full home and away uh, season. I just thought for the authenticity of the competition that it was the right thing to do. But 
I think that things have moved very quickly in the few years since it has been that way. And that whereas when they meant, made it up to the 14-team comp, it was kind of a, yeah, there was the IPL, there was the Caribbean Premier League, and there weren't, weren't that many other tournaments. And so it just felt like the Big Bash had comfortably settled into the second biggest position in the world, and, and that would be how things would go. But how quickly times have changed, and now it's so difficult to get uh, players to stay out for here for the length of the full length of the competition. Uh, there does seem to be a, sort of a finite level of interest that the, pop, the population has as well. And it, it has seemed as though it has just been a little bit too long. And that if we can get it back to being a really punchy competition uh, up the crowds, uh, it's, it's probably the right way to go. I, I had always hoped that they would be able to actually extend it to um, have a final midway through February and um, really kind of fight the football codes for, for that February dominance. As, you know, um, I, I love the football codes, but I always think, come on, it's summer. Um, cricket should be able to fight for February, but yeah. I think they've lost the fight for February and they've got to, and they've got to accept that that's um, once the, the clock turns, the calendar turns from January to February, uh, lots of people in the country are thinking just of round one. And so that's, I think, a pragmatic decision. I'm sad that they've had to make it, but I think it is the right call in the end. And the final system will be back to three games. So two semis and a final is what we believe. Probably a good idea to go back to a straight forward sort of final system. And Paul was saying off air that it might actually be 1v2, 3v4, which would be very good. It's what you want, Ethan. Yeah, so, it was. Uh, what, what do you know more no, than not us? Quite, not quite that. Oh. I, I, I was thinking it might be more like what they do in the WBBL of 4v3, and then the winner plays two, and then the winner of that plays one. And that they can do that by... Um, that gives them the venue for the grand final locked in as early as possible. Yeah. I think some of the problems has been have been with um, with these competitions that fans say to each other, okay, let's go to this game. We can see it's on on January the 12th. We'll go to that. But suddenly when your team has made the final and it's at the same time as kids are going back to school, people are going back to work, that you haven't made an appointment to go and see it. And when the, you know, it, it comes right at the last minute. Oh, we've, the, the final is going to be hosted in in my city. Let's go. Oh, yeah, we're, we're too late. So they're trying to maybe give people that um, certainty that once the regular season has finished, that the final will be at the venue of the of the minor premiers. That's how that says. I understand what they're going to do. It. I haven't seen a complete confirmation, um, but Menes, the co-host of um, the Cricket Unfiltered, with me, has confirmed that that's the case, and his mail is usually pretty good. Okay, very interesting. Well. We like we like this look at that then because when they had the one v four two v three then it was usually the number one team always, always losing to the number four place side so at least it gives a lot of reward to whoever finishes top. Yeah, I think that that's what you want in. Um, uh, we've grown we've grown up with um, uh, these things, but in no other country in the world really do they do it the same way that we do. Obviously, in the Premier League and in most of the, the football soccer leagues around the world, it's just first past the post and then you have your cup competitions. Yeah. Whereas in America, the, you know, in basketball and baseball, they have an actual series. And so you, uh, you kind of can't get knocked out so easily after having dominated the whole season and then um, f- falling at the end. The American football is probably the closest in, in, um, in, in that way. But, yeah, I think it's, um, it's good to reward the team that, that finishes first. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, for sure. Well... Channel 7 will be holding the rights to the to broadcast the cricket till 2031 as well as Fox. But a lot of mixed opinions from fans around the country about 7 holding the rights. But I guess a plus to the, their deal would be you can now stream the games that they broadcast on 7 Plus so you can watch cricket on the go. Yeah, I think that's a, um, a small but 
will be an increasingly important um, uh, factor that, yes, you could always stream them on, on KO or on, on Fox Sports, but we, we know that there's, there's a, you know, two-thirds of the country, uh, whatever the exact figure is, don't have that. And yeah. it did seem a little bit out of whack with the times that if you're catching a train or, or, or whatever whatever else, that you couldn't watch um, the cricket on the app. You, you'd go on the Channel 7 app and they'd be advertising whatever was on Channel 7 Mate at the time rather than the actual cricket. So I'm really pleased that, that that's been fixed. Um, and for, for me, oh, I suppose I yearn for... If I had my way, it would be everything would be on free to air. Um, it'd be back to Channel Nine. Yeah. Tony Gregg and Richie Benno would still be alive and calling it. And, but you know that's not that's not the way it is. I think Channel Seven do a pretty good job of it. I think Foxtel do a good job of it. Uh, I'm disappointed that the white ball um, internationals are still remaining behind a paywall. But um, you know, in some ways, it's it's good that we're now going to have a little bit more certainty. There's still some people that, you know, casual cricket fans who are still kind of confused that it's not on Channel 9. So if there'd been another change to another network uh, in a short space of time, that would have confused people more. So, uh, and I think it's also good that Seven are now no longer going to be taking legal action against Cricket Australia. I'm sure that that's a, a relief to everyone everyone involved except for the lawyers. Yeah, for sure. Well, before we change our attention over to tomorrow's test match, let's just go back and relive the man cat incident tonight uh, with Adam Zampa. Oh, dear. Oh, to man cat. Oh, listen to the booze. Zampa has taken the bails off with Rogers. He took off early. Walking down at the non-strikers, and they're going to review it just to get even more drama to this. All right. Well, I was driving into the studio this evening when this happened, so I didn't catch too much of it. But Ethan and Paul, you guys both... Saw it and are all, are all over it. So what exactly happened? Uh, I guess, Ethan, we'll start with you. We'll go to Paul after you. Yeah, well, it's pretty much, pretty uh, plain and simple. Zampa obviously came into bowls pretty late in the innings. Um, Tom Rogers at the non-striker's end. And uh, he pretty much did his full action. And then as Rogers was backing up, he took the stumps, uh, took the bails off with the ball. So there was a little bit of confusion over whether it was out. They went upstairs and then it was not out because he already did like his whole action yeah he was about um, to release the ball correct yeah, yeah so and then obviously social media is probably uh, taken taken off and <laughs> a lot of hate to zampa but i mean i was pr- pretty surprised to see someone of like adam zampa do that he's obviously a really experienced player yeah. um whether you agree with it or not i guess it's a different thing but you know i thought probably wasn't the best look for one of our i guess stars in australian cricket yeah for sure paul what was your take of it all well, I think that the thing with Zampa was that he realised that Rogers was backing up before he was bowling the ball. Mm. And quite frankly, uh, Zampa just needs to improve his um, his ability at doing um, the run out at the bowler's end because had he affected it correctly, it would have been a run out. Um, so the, the rule is that once your arm goes past the vertical... Uh, so 90, you know, straight up 90 degrees, once it's past that, you can't do, you can't do the run out. But... Had Zampa known the rule and had he stopped his arm prior to it getting to that point, Rogers was already out of the crease. He was definitely, he wasn't doing anything malicious, but he was just being a little bit kind of um, uh, lazy or just taking the odds to it. And he was, you know, a foot down the crease. So I think if I, I mean, if I'm the bowler and I see that happening, I could see the frustration um, and why you do it. Um, He just got it wrong. He just got the timing of it wrong. Um, And, you know, I've got a a quote for you. Um, The quote is, I always make it a practice when occupying the position of non-striker to keep my bat behind the crease until I see the ball in the air. 
In that way, one cannot possibly be run out, and I commend this practice to other players. That was Don Bradman in 1950, um, writing that in response to the original Mancat incident. Um, Bradman himself said that the Australian players had no problem whatsoever with Mancat running um, the Australian batsman Bill Bill Brown out um, because they said it's part of the game. And I I, I think that... um, it's a bit unfortunate that the crowd were booing Zampa because I don't think that it was anything malicious. I think that he just thought, okay, the guy is backing up a little bit too much and in frustration, he took the bails off. And so, um, yeah, it was certainly, um, i tell you what though, it gave the game a, um, like a, a massive spurt of a, a adrenaline that Rogers was, was fired up, Zampa was fired up, the crowd was fired up. And then when Rogers came out and bowled and just uh, started, started scything through the stars lineup. Uh, it was a tremendously exciting period of play, and with, mm. as I said at the start, with thirty-eight thousand people um, in at the MCG, it really did make the um, the Big Bash suddenly feel like the the real Big Bash of old. Is like this is this is everyone's going to be talking about this. Um, this is this is pretty cool. So um, yeah, I think that um, I personally, I, I really kind of agree with what Brett Lee was saying in um, in commentary that he thinks that the third umpire should just be watching, given that they watch the bowler's foot, they should watch the batter's bat as well. And if the, um, at the point of delivery, um, if the batter's bat is out of the crease, um, I mean, he's saying they should lose five runs. I think that's maybe a bit extreme, but they should have some sort of rule and say maybe it's a sort of a, um, the equivalent of a no ball, that you know, one run gets given to the fielding side and then the batters would stop doing it. And I think that would, that would be a good um, solution. Or they should all just follow Don Bradman's advice. Yeah, no, I do like that idea. That could be... Interesting, a no ball to the batting side. Um, well, let's we haven't got too much time left, Paul, but we'll fire through this. Uh, the fifth and final test of the summer and the final international fi- men's fixture for the summer, I believe, as well, uh, before we head off to India in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, we have, obviously, the last test match and still no idea on what this 11 could look like. We obviously had two ins and two outs to the squad with Agar and Renshaw coming in for Stark. And Green, uh, what could this 11 look like? Who do you think will come in for those two and who could, who else could go out? Yeah, it's intriguing. I mean, uh, the, the speculation at the moment seems to say that it will be Renshaw coming in and um, nominally in place of Green and that it will be Agar coming in um, nominally in place of uh, Stark and that quite possibly it will be Hazelwood coming in in place of, um, of Boland as well mm. and that that's the way that they're going to go. Um, and I don't have any um, strong opinions about that. I, I think that they're all pretty good players and it would be uh, pretty reasonable no matter what they went with. I do think it's very harsh on Scott Boland to be missing out when he's done absolutely nothing wrong. Yeah. Um, Hazelwood's one of my favourite players, but I still think right at this moment I'd still, I, w- I would be edging um, Boland over him. Um, but um, um, I, I think that... Um, um, Sorry, I've, I've, um, I forgot to mention Ashton Agar um, yep. also um, might be getting an, another opportunity as well. And I think that's a really interesting one because he is likely to play a big role in India. Um, I have a great deal of um, time for his bowling in Indian conditions. I think he'll do well. Um, and he's a la- lovely languid stroke maker as well. So uh, I'll, be, I'll be yeah, very pleased to see him back in the 11 if he gets that chance. Sure. Do you reckon we could possibly see a Lance Morris debut? It looked like it, and now it doesn't look like yeah. like it. Um, they, they, I think that the pitch, they don't think it's going to suit um, out-and-out express pace. And so, yeah, I, I think that they're thinking of um, 
um, yeah, having it just as um, I think I kind of got it confused before, but I think um, Renshaw back in the side, and then they'd have um, Carey at seven, and then two spinners being Agar and Lyon, and the two quicks being Cummins and Hazelwood, yeah. and that Boland would probably be the un- unlucky one that would miss out. So, and I, you know, I think that's fine. Um, uh, I think that there's a feeling that the pitch uh, is going to be more conducive to spin than it has been in. Um, you know, but maybe more to a more traditional um, SCG pitch. So, you know, that's, um, that's okay by me for, for Ashton Agar to get another go. But as I said, I do think Boland is particularly unlucky. Yeah, absolutely. I guess whoever they go with um, will be a strong lineup no matter yeah. what. And it'll be interesting to see Matt Renshaw if he does come back, back in the team because obviously he was an opener and he's gone into the middle order, been averaging, I think, 55 in shield cricket. So do you think he can come back into the team and be a successful middle order player, even if he is just in this um, in this test for one game? I mean, I think that there's a view to potentially having him in the makeup um, uh, for, for things in India as well. Um, it, it's a little bit of a concern to me that uh, we are potentially going to go to India with a lot of left-handers in the side. That um, It's very difficult um, playing... Uh, left be a left-hander batting in um, India. Ashwin's record is unbelievable against left-handers. Um, he's, his record overall is very good, but his record against left-handers is just, um, uh, it almost looks like it's a mistake. Um, so you've got Warner, Kawaja, Head, um, Carey, and now, um, you know, Renshaw as well um, in the top order, all, um, all potentially in the side, all left-handers. That's that's not ideal, I don't think, in Indian conditions, especially given that um, as the match progresses, the footmarks really come into play. As I said, Ashwin's dangerous against left-handers. And you've got Jadeja, who can, with his left-arm orthodox, um, aim into the rough um, that is created, and left-handers find it really, really difficult. So that is a concern to me. Um, I think Renshaw's a good player, so I've got no problems with him being back in the side. But mm. for left-handers, is a worry. For sure. All right, Paul, we're out of time. Unfortunately, we're going to have to wrap things up. Enjoy. The cricket tomorrow, if you go into the test match and the BBL, uh, well, both of those games tomorrow, it's going to be at a, a marathon of cricket in Sydney tomorrow. So have fun and enjoy it. Thanks, guys. Hopefully the rain stays away. Yeah, we sure do as well. That's Paul Dennett from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. You can check that out uh, wherever you get your podcast from. We're going to take a break here on the Overnight Crowd. We'll be back right after this.